It's Tony Nash with Plugged and Unplanned, and I have Mick Spencer, the author of Start Before You're Ready, and we've had a great first week, and we're now excited to dig a little deeper. I think one of the things, as I listened to Mick in, in that first session, you know, like, and maybe it may, it may or may not come, come through, but one of the things is that I think both Mick and I, and I, I would suggest listening to his story, that he's probably had to overcome more than I, I did, but we all have to overcome... And we all have things that um, that may um, may be our our reasons for why we wouldn't succeed, and and we've all got that. And oh yes, I was never good at that. Or, I wasn't good at this, or I wasn't good looking enough. Blah 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 blah. We have we all have it. But the point is, and I think this is what's exciting about talking to someone like Mick, um, as as young as he is to me, um, and older as he is to you, who is listening potentially, is that. Um, um, there's no excuses. You can set your mind on something and really um, make something magnificent if you put your mind to it. So um, we've, we learned about your, your four Ps. What are, what are some of the other, those other kind of things, uh, those, those important things in your toolkit that you, you talk about that you, you want to share? Yeah, so I think... Uh, the next big thing for me is is planning and preparation. Uh, I mean, I'm a I'm a gut I'm a gut feel guy, uh, and I'm a I'm a general optimist, and I can um, suffer from bright shining syndrome. Uh, you know, which is which changes as your team gets bigger and your responsibility gets bigger. You do become a bit more focused. I've been lucky; I've had good people around me to focus me a bit more. But it is important that you still keep your head up above the clouds because you never know what opportunities you might miss to to grow to that next level. Um, you know, but I think planning is a critical one. I'm a, I'm a real big believer in 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 just um, very regimented. A lot of people think I'm a little bit disorganised and and um, a little bit out there, but but I am just very very clinical with planning. So I'm I'm that's one thing I've learned from a lot of bigger CEOs as well is is just that focus on your object. You know, I'm a massive fan of John Doerr. Um, one of his amazing books, uh, Measure What Matters, um, is, you know, he taught, taught, he was one of the first investors in Google and, and, and the for, first corporate guy helping the founders there. And he talks about the power of OKRs, which I'm a big believer in, mm-hmm. objectives and key results. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm all about annual planning myself personally, always having that view per quarter, mm-hmm. um, what I'm working on myself personally across, you know, my health, my wealth, my, my relationships, mm-hmm. and then also business. Um, and, and that's absolutely critical in a high scalable business is, is having that. Um, and then breaking that down to a day, you know, so I've got some religious things that are in the book, like, you know, I've got the, I've got the daily worksheet, which I call my daily rocks or, or, um, get shit done doc, uh, which is, um, uh, you know, the brain, they say the brain can really only focus on three, three parts, um, in a day. And, and I've broken those three parts for me down, which is what do I have to do that I don't want to do? What do I want to do, but can wait? And what's growth related and will make money. Mm-hmm. And so what I do every morning by 7 a.m. is I actually write down, um, I've got a PDF I've made myself and, and there's a draft in the book and they can, people can download that actual PDF. Um, but I write that down. You know, A, it helps me not be as overwhelmed and it helps me break down the big picture to bite-sized chunks, but it also it's my accountability measure. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as we have busy jobs as CEOs and, and in today's day and age, I think everyone's got a busy job, but whether busy smart is a, is a different question. Um, and what I've found is that's really helped me lessen overwhelmingness is having the rock solid daily list, 
that I religiously do, I look at it at each night, I tick and cross, there's a tick and a cross box next to each thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not digital, it's therapeutic, I write it by hand with pen, um, you know, I have an iPad version, but I do personally like actually writing it with a pen, something mentally that says you're getting stuff done. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think the big, the big thing, you know, the other big part of the book is, yeah, planning and, and, and focus. Um, and, you know, and, uh, as I said, uh, a bit earlier, I touched on a little bit, it was about networking. So, um, you know, uh, you, you never know uh, an early mentor, um, Hap, who actually wrote my forward. Um, Hap was the founder of uh, one of the largest apparel, um, adventure apparel businesses on the planet, the North Face. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hap said to me, uh, Mick, you'll never know what conversation will lead to, to, to the next big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some, there's some tools in there about networking and meeting people and being open to reach out to people and how to reach out to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've, I found myself in some wacky situations, you know, I've, Spent a day with Richard Branson. I've 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 had amazing mentors from the heads of you know West Farmers, David Jones, Billabong, the North Face. These people I used to dream about and read about, uh, you know, have have been in our office and in our boardroom. Um, we had the Prime Minister, you know, around our office. Uh, we've, we've you know I've had I've I've had lunches with you know Bob Hawke and and Steve War at the Test Cricket and these situations where you go you sometimes pinch yourself and go, how on earth did you end up here? Um, but it's you know it, it's about it's about networking and people and that's the day and age we live in and um, you know so what I didn't get from my academic levels I, I was able to get from um, you know emotional connection to people and there's a lot of there's a lot of inputs there around um, around and around people and 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 never giving up you know you said it earlier it's no excuses um, and you know you will always it's that underlying DNA that makes people successful that there's, you know, you will not give up, you will make it happen. And that, you know, that is uh, every business that I've seen that is is successful um, has that DNA. It's not easy. We all know, right? Um, and, that, and that's often not the story that's told too often in the media is, you know, people see things at the end of it. You know, people see the person finishing the marathon race, but they don't, they don't see 10, 10Ks before when that person had cramps when they were crying, when they were like in blood, sweat, and tears to train, or even the training that they were doing before, the training, everything, yeah. right? Um, we've all had a heap of those stories. So you know, um, uh, one of my one of my favourite ones that's in the book was about three years into the business, I met a guy who taught me how to raise capital. I decided there was a, I needed I needed about a million bucks um, to help me with with this. I was I was coding myself, and I had an engineer with me. But we needed to really advance our tech, and I needed to raise capital to manage growth, to invest in tech, and and all that. Anyway, and I, I went through this just you know the first time. Like think about a twenty-five-year-old who'd never been to uni, never had run a business, learning what capital raising meant. You know, it was like this. <laughs> looking back, I had to I had to figure it all out myself. And this guy kind of roughly taught me about it on the back of an envelope. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, and I, I ended up writing my own I am. I wrote my own financial models and I went out and met probably about a hundred investors, right? And I already had a business off the ground that I'd bootstrapped. It was in a great market. And, and, um, but long and short, you know, I spent about probably two and a half, three months knocking on doors, meeting people, wasting so much energy to a point where I just was about to just give up. I thought, this is just not for me. I am done. I'm tired. I could barely afford the travel I was doing. Let alone, you know, just, just to get a check of 25 or 50 grand off people. Um, 
And, you know, there's a story there where one morning I was um, on an aeroplane um, and it was early in the morning and, um, and I was, I was, you know, had probably not slept much, was, was, was racking my head about this investor thing. And, um, and I was on a, I was on a trip to Sydney, uh, to meet some investors, um, and also customers, you know, so I was going back to planning. I never waste time. I always make sure I'm using time, you know, cause you realize that's one, one commodity that you, you can't get back. But, um, I was sitting on a plane. Um, I was sitting next to a lovely old lady um, who, who you know, we got talking and, and, and I was pretty optimistic. And then I put my computer open and was working away and she was very interested in what I was doing. And I told her about the business and what and all that. And she was very cool. You know, she was an American lady. She, she was a doctor and she'd been, she was an investor, professional investor as well after retiring. And, and um, I didn't think much of that meeting except for, you know, it was a great conversation. I told her what we were doing. She obviously built a lot of trust in me. Um, and about two days later, I was at, I was at the end of my tether, literally about to just either shut the business down or wind it back and just, just try and keep building. Um, <clears throat> and, and I got an email from her. She got my card and she said, you know, Hey Mick, um, uh, you know, da da da. You know, we met on the airplane. I was very inspired by your story. I've looked up your thing. You know, I'm not I'm not an expert in your area, but it looks really attractive. Um, you know, by the way, if you ever need any capital, let me know. I'd love to invest in your business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I met up with her for a coffee the next day. She cut me my first check. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't even do any due diligence. She just trusted me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, she's become a multimillionaire. Uh, offer investment in the business, um, and and just an amazing lady who's been great to know. But it was a really good story about people and never giving up. People, you know, be open. You never know who you're going to meet. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was that was one little amazing, nugget. amazing. I think um, <clears throat> we're only halfway through our our one hour time together, but I think pretty sure that. Most people have already kind of navigated their way to the Booktopia website to put an order through for this book, and uh, and although it has been sitting um, on the in my office, I won't say on my desk, but man, I have got to read this as well. And that, that's interesting because it, you know I am well, I am twice your age, so there's still there's still a um, there's still a lot for all of us to learn to the point I think which is very interesting for me. Um, you know, my son is 15, my stepdaughter's 13. It's the kind of thing I need you guys also to know this as well. So there's a lot of stuff that you're talking yeah, about yeah. To, for parents or grandparents who've yep. got, who've got um, uh, teenagers or, or young young adult 20-year-olds. Yeah. Um, this is, um, it's about lighting the fire, which obviously you've done. So and that was where the passion came from, you know, like I wanted to inspire the mini me at school who maybe was a little bit quirky mm-hmm. um, or even the person in their 20s who, you know, and, and originally like it's been interesting feedback since the book's been live about, um, I think since about December, early December or late November. And I've, every day I'm getting Instagram, LinkedIn messages from people mm-hmm. um, and I'm really surprised in the demographic. I mean, you'll see there's people who have endorsed the book, like Mark Ward, who's managing director of Officeworks. We've got head of West Farmers, mm-hmm. head of Billabong, some big corporate hotshots. And they, they equally love the book because it will, is helping them re-inspire yep. people within the business as well. Cause it's not just about starting the business. I think what, what I've tried to illustrate there is 
start life before you're ready. You know, don't think about having to plan everything or you need everything before you do things. Just get going, mm-hmm. whether that's career or business, you know. Um, but, yeah, the younger, I think there's a massive there's a massive issue that I see with education and, and, and I believe that it's about inspiring younger people to spend time figuring out what they really do love, you know, and putting them in an environment, A, where they can do that because they're not going to know straight away, but putting them in an environment where they can do that, giving them support. And it starts with parents. It starts with the people they're around um, and then putting and then, then learning what they're great at and then figuring out how to mix them together. Because, mm. you know, it's like often what happens is it, it, it takes us to we're 25 or to a 30 or 40 till we come up with something finally that we really enjoy doing. And it's usually been through this crazy life of you know following something that we're not as you know passionate about so so imagine if we could get more people leaving school passionate about what they want to do and 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 or or just you know it's okay to go and just adventure for a year that's you know there's a lot of pressure on younger kids you know to perform for performance sake so when you were writing this did you um, in your mind's eye have a specific age group or demographic or you know you you thought you um your target ear um, mm. and mine was a certain age what what were your thoughts there yeah it's a tough one because you know that i remember the publisher saying to me you know you can't throw too many balls at a customer you know or a reader and you've got to be very targeted and i'm also a product builder so i'm also pretty passionate about going what's the product and who is the problem market and who's it going to fill mm-hmm. but i think for me i had a few which was hard i had i had a you know, I could see it working well for an 18 to 25-year-old who was just leaving school at university, figuring out what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Their problems were textbooks, religion, you know, um, follow what everyone's saying, um, not, you know, not necessarily listen to your heart. Um, that was a big focus. But then all of a sudden emerged the younger or the smaller business owner who just wanted to take their business to the next level, meet more people put their business on a map, do more things with less money. Um, you know, and then there was the, the then there was the executive who is trying to maybe instill change through an organization or also disrupt themselves. So it's quite hard. I, I ended up kind of pinpointing three demographics. I'd love to look at data to know who is buying it and who is reading it, but I'm literally getting messages from 50-year-old accountants who have read the book and are inspired to set up their own venture. I'm getting messages from 17-year-olds who got the book for Christmas and they've read it through the break, and they're they're wanting to um, they're they're wanting to can all of the ideas that that mum and dad had for them and follow their own dreams. You know, I'm getting messages from the 30-year-old young CEO or, or, or business owner who just wants to get their business to the next level. So it's a tough one, right? You know, because you know, traditional marketing says you've got to have a very clear demographic and you not know, necessarily, but it's just I think. <clears throat> I mean, what you're what you're talking about is there is is disruption, um, which is you know where where I've um, spent the last twenty odd years is in disruption and and but at the same time these are fundamental universal truths and not to say that I mean um, I don't know how well it goes down in the home when I read a mixed book and. Mum and Dad, you can go and get stuff because I'm not going to do that degree. Yeah. Like, um, you might, you know, they might have a dartboard with your face on it. Um, so, it, but you still can take these same. That what you were talking about earlier in terms of applying yourself and 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 your your methodology around 
writing down what's the priorities of the day, that that habit mm. can still be taken into a medical degree. Correct. Or a legal degree. It, and you can still apply that same level of dedication uh, to to uh, whatever you are passionate about. It's, yeah. And and look, and as I said, like I'm not, I am definitely not anti-university. Uh, in fact, there's universities taking this book on as we speak for this year ahead for their entrepreneurship degrees or their business degrees. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not anti-university. <clears throat> I'm anti not finding your purpose or finding why you're here. Correct. And that's the focus where, it, 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 you know, there are some things we have to go, if you want to be a lawyer and open a law practice, you've got to go get a degree. You have to do that. Um, you know, if you want to, if, if you feel that getting a business degree is going to help you become the best importer of coffee beans possible because you love, you know, you love coffee and you love, you love building, you know, farms of coffee, then that's what you should do. But as long as you're doing it with intent, and that's, that's, yeah, so that's the kind of mm. the helper, you know. So it's definitely not to say, hey, everyone drop out of uni, go start your own business. It's more saying, let's, how about we open our eyes to what's possible? And I'm just only one of many, many stories that of people who, um, you know, weren't necessarily run of the mill, um, academic textbook, you know, tick, tick, tick. Um, and I, and I've not, I've not by any means made it. I'm still on a massive journey, but I've been able to at least build a life I love, build something passionate about, you know, and, and in there, and one of the, um, for, for, for some of the younger listeners into, who are into, um, dance music, you know, one of my best mates, two of my best mates who actually endorsed the book as well, are, um, some of Australia's top ARIA award winners at the moment, Peking Duck. They're a very, very famous DJ group. Um, and we went to school together, you know, and it was me and, and, and Adam were the, were the, um, the, the ones who our science teacher was kind of kicking us out of class before we even entered because we were, we were just disruptors. We were just wanted to challenge the mm. way a bit and, um, and didn't fit the mold, you know. Um, but that's okay. They've gone on and done incredible things. They're 28. They've, you know, they're, they're, they're multi-aria award winning, you know, platinum, platinum records times 10. And, and, uh, and, you know, so it's, that should stuff be that that should be nurtured by teachers as well. Mm. So of of all the um, people that you've met, you've met Richard Branson, which most of us haven't, and 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 all Bob Hawke. Who 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 has left um, a lasting impression or something that that you go, ooh, that that was you know, that they they are successful or they are um, have have a presence that that is tangible that you would were able to walk away from and go, Oh, I'd like a piece of that. Mm. Is there anything? Yeah. Look, I think, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's um, like, I've been lucky. I've met so many amazing people. Um, I think, but I think, you know, it, it starts with like, I definitely say my father is actually one of them, you know, and I'm lucky he's still alive. He's, he's, he's um, just sold his business. He's got a bit more time on his hands, but but dad instilled some really basic fundamentals in me early on, which was never let fear stand in the way. Um, whatever you do, be the best um, and, and, and just have a go. Can you just um, for the listeners, <clears throat> I mean, you, uh, I didn't read all of your book, but I did see there was sure, a, a sure. great um, son-father story there at the beginning um, about the 50 bucks and yep. t- tell people about what, what that day. Yeah, so um, you know, in my in my early teens, back so painting the picture back uh, in last uh, last week's section, um, I was you know around that thirteen, fourteen, fifteen age where I had a real lack of confidence, and, and it was a bit of a 
I was really just a bit of a short, fat kid who wanted to sit on the couch and go on the internet, you know, and and, and um, I wasn't the hypey, uh, energetic I am now. And, um, you know, dad wasn't, you know, dad, dad, uh, mum and dad both, both, both said to me, you know, you're getting out of the house, here's some money, uh, get on a bus and we don't want to see you for, for 12 hours. And, and I was shit scared, you know, completely just, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not going, I can't, I mean, gone on a bus now it's there's no problems but looking back i was so nervous you know and and um i had a bit of money and they didn't want me back so i was out of my own and they they, they kind of they kind of kicked me out of home for the day they mm. said they said you are going and we don't want to see you we don't want to hear from you and i i just caught i caught a bus and then and then i caught another bus and then i caught another bus and i just ended up going around my town mm-hmm. and i just ended up just 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 nervous, just nervous, just constantly nervous. But but I came back pretty pretty pumped up actually, mm-hmm. and it was my first touch of being thrown in the deep end. Mm-hmm. And that that's a that's a good feeling, you know. I, you know, one of the things that I I always try and do is do something each day that scares me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I'm not perfect. Not not every single day that happens, but. But I, I love I love that level of being uncomfortable and pushing yourself, you know. And I think that life isn't about going and doing massive things, you know, and then waiting and then doing it again. I think it's this constant, short iteration of constantly pushing yourself, pushing yourself in in your job, pushing yourself in relationships, pushing yourself in travel, adventure, whatever it is, you know. And I, I've always been addicted to that, you know. I've I've done Ironmans with seven weeks training and never done a triathlon before, you know, um, and, and stupid, really stupid stuff, but, but, but fun, you know, and you finish it and it's a amazing thing. Or getting on stage with Richard Branson in front of 5,000 people for three hours, you know, like just completely so scared and nervous, but, but the thrill of it is, you know, awesome. So, yeah. So, you know, but I'd say going back to people, look, Richard was a great guy, very humble man, very, um, very quirky, very, um, very creative and very much taught me early on that, uh, it's okay. It's okay to not be great at everything. That's normal as an entrepreneur. You shouldn't be. You're doing something wrong if you are. Um, and you need to make sure you find time for yourself for that adventure piece. That is really important to get outside of the, of the, of the crap, you know, because our brain spins in different ways. You know, we're, we're, we're hard people to, to, to hang out with, you know, like I often, I often say this to my fiance, I have so much respect just for my fiance and my family for putting up with me sometimes, you know, because you know, how it is your, your brain's in different places and you, you end up having massive days. I mean, yesterday, um, I was on a plane at 5am. I had to wake up at 4am, you know, and I had meetings all day. And then last night I was in an event and didn't get back to the hotel to 1030. I woke up this morning, I had my, my Friday morning chairman call at 7am, you know, and I felt like crap because you're just tired. But, and your brain, but your brain's going everywhere and, you know, so you, you push the envelope a bit um, and, 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 and that's okay, you know. It's, it's, You've you got to do it within your means. It doesn't mean everyone has to do it, but it's, it's um, yeah, so that was, Richard was definitely one of them. But I've met so many, so many awesome people on the way. It's just hard to pinpoint. People like Hap, you know, Hap's one of the most underrated entrepreneurs in the world, I think. Um, what, he did, what he built with North Face was incredible and is incredible. Uh, he lives in a treehouse in San Francisco. He took that company from a garage to a billion dollars in revenue in, in 15 years and stuck true to his purpose that much that he walked away from his company 
when he wasn't happy with it, with private equity and the and the fundies behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he has an amazing story and he's got an amazing book called Conquering the North Face, an adventure in leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, so so it's a it's a great book and. Um, he talks about the day that he just walked out of the business, you know, and, and he was in the top floor at Manhattan private equity office and went, you know what, this isn't, I started North Face to get, his words were, his purpose for North Face was he wanted to get people further into the forest because if he felt that if he got them further into the forest, they lived a better life. So he started, you know, manufacturing lighter weight tents, you know, made of uh, recycled airplane uh, aluminium, um, you know, Taking parachute material into, into jackets so people could be under the under the rain, and but he he just one day went, you know what? This I've now got these people involved in the business. They don't understand adventure like I do, and I, I'm I'm walking out. It's not my purpose anymore. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've been very lucky, you know. And I've got people in my business that I'm just I look at, you know, my chairman, my key staff, and a lot of you know a lot of staff like that that that. that have amazing stories and inspire me as well you know what what a great place to end this week's session thanks mick we'll see you back in a week's time thanks for listening to the booktopia podcast don't forget to subscribe to us on soundcloud and itunes and if your eyeballs need a workout check us out on youtube at booktopia tv and don't forget for all books featured on this episode and all episodes of the booktopia podcast head to booktopia Australia's local bookstore at www.booktopia.com.au. Thanks for listening.